overkill, profusion, excess, surplus, too much, abundance. When it comes to the body of Christ, God is just a big show-off, heaping spiritual gifts on His people in an embarrassment of riches. I'm Laura Pace. And I'm Jessica Denny. You're listening to Embarrassment of Riches, where we explore the wisdom, passion, power, and grace that God has showered on the women of Dallas Bible. Hey, Laura. Good evening. (laughs) You're right. You can't do it naturally. I can't. It's not ever going to (laughs) work. Welcome to Embarrassment of Riches. We are so excited to have our next guest on. It is the one and only Kristen Poole. Woohoo! Who we credit with this being your brainchild to a certain extent. Well, you have gone above and beyond what I this anticipated well, you know. in creating something <laughs> like this. This is amazing. Well, we are super excited about it. And when you posted that on Facebook, Laura and I were both so excited. And uh, Catherine and Raven, too, were just so excited about the idea of getting to get a better look at the women in Dallas Bible and see how God has gifted them. And it is, it is sort of neat how you get to walk around with these people and you just don't even know that the treasure that's in them. Yes. And I've been listening to the past few episodes and some people I've known for years. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I never heard that story, Mm -hmm. especially when you go back into their Mm -hmm. history. I love that. Yeah. It's it's been really cool. I think what too, what's blessed me a lot with it is I always, I mean, I love stories people stories mm-hmm. whenever I'm in a small group I'm like let's tell each other's mm-hmm. like life story everyone's like we've done that a million times we're going to do a bible study but I think with this um what I've been enjoying most is how vulnerable some of the mo- all of the women that have come on have been mm-hmm. and I think that is a gift and so we haven't really addressed that a lot but just some of the women and the stories that they've told and the the hard places where God mm-hmm. has met them um I, I think that women will get a lot out of that um, and I, just hearing like, oh, you've experienced that too, and I've felt that way, and my marriage is hard, or this is hard for me, or I had a hard childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's been really neat. Yeah. See. Well, I think our church already has like that small community mm-hmm. feel going for it, mm-hmm. and this is going to help even more with that aspect, especially as we grow and mm-hmm. new people come in, just to think about women being able to, like you said, get to know us. Mm-hmm. Just beyond, I mean, because let's face it, when you only see people on Sundays, mm-hmm. it, it can be hard to get to know people. It takes years. Mm-hmm. And so I think this is going to be facilitating some growth. Oh, absolutely. And this is, this is making, this is, this can be a, a, our added alert. I'm doing it rather early. We oh, haven't yeah. asked You've Kristen right a wow. single question <laughs> and I'm already into the added alert. But um, what, what you're talking about that, one of the ideas that, I was kind of thinking behind doing a podcast like this was that if you sat and listened to women talking um, and interviewing these women and but really it's more like a conversation Mm -hmm. uh, that you would you would start to see who are your kindred spirits Mm -hmm. but and, and so you might realize that a woman that is walking around at church is your bosom pal and you just yes. don't even know it yet. And then you and then and then you hear this podcast and you're like, I need oh, I, I need to go to up and talk person. to her because this is my people. Mm-hmm. And um mm-hmm. it so that is anyway, something you said made me think of that and then it kind of made me think of a funny story where um <clears throat> being in a small group at 
Dallas Bible, I one day at church was telling Laura Pace about, um, I was talking about Annie Mooney. Oh, man. <laughs> I love when Jess has stories about me that are humiliating. <laughs> well, I was telling Laura about Annie Mooney. What I was telling Laura was like how I made a fool out of myself with Annie Mooney way too early. Like <laughs> maybe I'd hung out with her twice and I'm like, I think that God has ordained this friendship. And oh. we, are, we are meant to be friends. And I kind of too I intense, too quick. I, yeah. I can be too intense, too quick. Mm-hmm. Like if I know, but I usually know. But as I'm telling the story, I didn't say I was talking to Annie. I was, I, I was just, I was making a, I was a broad I was, reference to have you ever felt this? Have way? you ever oh. felt this way? I was making a broad okay. reference like I do this all the time because I do. And Laura thought that I was saying um, she was my yeah. bosom pal, which she totally is. Mm-hmm. But I was Less actually talking now. about. Yeah. I was actually I was bosom pal to the second degree. <laughs> I was actually talking about Annie. <laughs> I was like, yes, I know what you're. I know what you're, you're talking you're about. Like, I'm feeling too. it too. I have right? felt <laughs> the same way about you. And I was like, well, I was talking about Annie, but you too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. It's unrequited. <laughs> story was because I already knew you were my people and you would totally get like the humiliation that you feel when you say things way too soon like I did right then like you did right then but Mm -hmm. it was like that and then I knew if I hadn't already known and I did Mm -hmm. then it was like no we are we we are knitted together so anyone listening to this now knows if you make a fool of yourself you're probably a kindred spirit yeah, okay. that's right. Isn't that special? If you've ever humiliated humiliated yourself <laughs> at yeah. a child sports game, you're my people. My claim to if fame. If you've ever said something to the pastor's wife you shouldn't have, you're my people. <laughs> if you walk around in fear that you will say something offensive, you're my people. <laughs> Yay. Anyway, back to Kristen. That's right. The edit and alert the is over. And the reason that she, we are here. But I think that was a good one, too. It was a, all your edit alerts. Because, I, it's, yes, the, that, that one is actually almost relevant because it is kind of mm-hmm. the point of this podcast is like, there's your people are here. Well, and I think that was your goal because I do, we, I, we all sense DBC is growing and yes. we want to keep it feeling small and connected and that like when you walk in the doors you will be known yes exactly and that's i think that this is a great way of course i'm doing it so you know i think it's a wonderful it's the awesome best way. way the very best possible way um to make that happen i think it's it is a great way for people to see oh that's her story oh yeah put that name with that face and it that is story. you know in the in the past few years, whenever we've done testimonies, like at a retreat mm-hmm. or an event, people rave about it and just want more and more and more. Mm-hmm. And so we're kind of doing that just, mm-hmm. you know, digitally. You can do yeah. it from home and listen and that's right. just get more testimonies and all of that. Well, well, Christian, you might not be aware, but our audience is far broader than DBC oh, women. Okay. It also includes people that love me. Yeah. Well, and people, people that love who, Laura. who Jess is harassing via Facebook to listen and trying to peer pressure me into harassing but she my refuses. Facebook friends. But um, so but people who will never meet me are getting to hear my that's story. Right. That's right exactly that's right. Really and wild. what? But I wanted, but for those people's benefit and the people who may be very new to 
to BBC and somehow didn't manage to meet you the moment they walked in oh, the door. Wow. Why don't you tell us who you are, Kristen Poole? Okay, well. And what, what you do. Okay, that's a great question. Um, I have actually, this is an interesting time for this podcast, I've actually just transitioned to be the full-time women's minister at Dallas Yay. Bible. Hooray! That's yes. wonderful. So by the time we announce this, well, we're announcing it in June, and so I'm sure this podcast will be mm-hmm. shortly after that. Yeah, that's right. And so I came on staff at DBC almost nine years ago, and I was a seminary student at the time and uh, had been going to DBC for a year. And actually put in the prayer letter, please pray for me. I need a job. Mm-hmm. And our lead pastor at the time, Hal Habecker, called me and was like, hey, I heard you do admin work. I need someone part-time. And uh, I was a student at Dallas Seminary at the same time, so I was kind of looking for something mm-hmm. part-time and flexible. Mm-hmm. And so came on and was part-time all through seminary and really just thought that would be the end of my time at Dallas Bible because that role was always Mm part-time and wanting to do uh, something different, not as administrative, just... And that's, I mean, I have friends that have gone to seminary and aren't necessarily working in ministry and they'll say, I use my degree all the time. Yeah. But you want to just specifically use your degree in a ministry setting. And, you know, my goal when I first went to DTS was uh, to go on and get my PhD and Mm -hmm. teach thinking high school or college level, but I barely, I mean, honestly, barely made it through my THM. It was mm-hmm. just, it's a lot of work and exhausting. And, um, so by the time I got through with that, I was like, no, I really Never, don't think ever again. a doctorate is in my future. Mm-hmm. So, um, but teaching was really the emphasis of my master's degree. And so that's what I knew I wanted to do. Uh, even if I could, you know, do that in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually do love administration as well. So I kind of got to pair that. And you will never hear me say that sentence, <laughs> ever. Just make that clear. Laura just caught, got fired as the podcast administrative. Um, a role design. I didn't ask for. Have you made a new, a new hire yet? Yeah, it's or? Catherine Lanick. Oh, oh, perfect. I yes. know. She's so I, I, But I tried oh, to gosh. gracefully fire Laura, but like, hey, guess what? Look, Catherine Lanick. Yeah, someone else said she's your job. And I was all too happy to hand over the I know responsibility. You well, there's a reason I didn't volunteer. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's amazing. So, yes, um, when so I finished DTS and I was like unsure of what was next. I was actually thinking about moving back home where my family is, which is in Ohio. Okay. And doing a church plant there. And the Lord just made it really clear that I needed to stay here. And so they were gracious enough to like retrofit my job and make me a role. So So I have had the strangest job at DBC. Mm -hmm. Um, That's why a lot of people are like, what, wait, what do you do? Like, what's your title? And I've had like six titles and, um, but my heart has always been to do full-time women's ministry. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the last three years have been a a big time of growth for the church Mm -hmm. and through just so many different circumstances over the last few months, God has opened up that door. So Andrew and I like were thrilled. Um, they approached us in April, and we we're like, "Yes, yes, of course." That's awesome. Yeah, and so I mean, it. We'll get to your giftings, but it seems really fitting for you to be in that role. Yes, I, I mean, it feels really natural to me, and I love this church. Um, mm-hmm. It was my family when I moved here by myself mm-hmm. and was alone, and so to get to do it in a church that I love is really special, and. Um, 
to be able to, the, the timing is interesting because we have an executive pastor coming on. So mm-hmm. I'll be able to kind of hand off some of that administrative side and um, get to do a lot of what I've been doing. I kind mm-hmm. of like worked into this role a little mm-hmm. bit, um, which is just awesome. But, and getting to kind of dream about how, how it can be in the future. That's what I was thinking. Do. Like you right, get to incorporate can... a lot of creativity. Yeah. yeah. Right. Now you get, now you get to just kind of dig in. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, let's back up a little bit. So okay. That's the sure. more recent years. Yes. You said you're from Ohio. Yes. Just want to back up a little bit about your childhood and what ended up bringing you to yes. Dallas. Sure. So yeah, I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, in one of the suburbs, and the oldest of four um, grew up going to a Methodist church, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I it was we kind of had a like religious. Christian upbringing, but not really mm-hmm. gospel centered. Like mm-hmm. we would pray and we would go to church, mm-hmm. but didn't really get the gospel or, or understand much about who Jesus was as a child. And um, so when I was in middle school, uh, our family decided to start going to a different church mm-hmm. and um, ended up being a non denominational. And for several years, the Lord had just really been. Um, I see it just like awakening me, like the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. had been, kind of been pricking my heart in mm-hmm. a lot of different ways and making me realize my sin and re- realize my need. And then um, at that new church, like one of the first few weeks, I just heard a, for the first time like an explanation of who Jesus was and mm-hmm. that he could save me and that I needed that. And mm-hmm. so um, so I became a believer when I was 14 okay. and um, was uh, did public school all through all throughout and um, what was awesome is my whole family, uh, so my parents had been believers, but my siblings, none of us were until mm-hmm. we got to that church. And then within oh, a few wow, years, really all four of us, um, came to Christ, Oh, cool! which has just been awesome. So, um, so I ended up, I, I've always been extremely organized and pl- like a planner. Mm-hmm. So as a sophomore, I went to my parents. I was like, I have to decide where I'm going to college. <laughs> And I think they were like... I'm nodding my head, but I can't relate to anything you're saying right now. <laughs> like, planning, organization. Yeah, I think they were you're like... You're crazy. Really? I mean, you've got three years. Out. I'm like, no, i got to figure this out. And so, being from Ohio, I thought, well, the first thing you do is you find a website that lists out all the schools in Ohio. You start with your state, and then you branch mm-hmm. out. And so, that's what I did. So, I just started clicking. A, you know, A, B, C. You know, um, and I got to C... Cedarville University and clicked on it and uh, for the first time I realized that there was such a thing as a Christian college. I'd never heard of that. My parents both went to public universities and um, I was just fascinated by that and it turned out that we had a connection in our church, someone who went there and so my mom and I visited. This was the end of my sophomore year and we got there and we were like, this is the this one. This is it. This is the promised land. It was like visiting Jerusalem. Wow. <laughs> Side note, um, of Born to be Wild fame, my friend Amy went to Cedarville. Oh, wow. <laughs> is she here in Dallas? She was. She, she moved, I met her because she had gone to DTS, and so oh. she was my roommate. Oh, my goodness. But I need from to be Cedarville, her. there's a lot of Cedarvillians yes. at DTS. So that's the C- connection Cedarville to Dallas. Cedarville of Ohio. Mm-hmm. So it's super random. Is it? Because what size is it? It's a very small school. Huh. 3,000 students. It's a oh, Baptist wow. school. St. John Brown University. Think yes. Arkansas. Smaller like, than like that, right? Allen High School. 
<laughs> That's so cool. Probably smaller than every high school. school in the same. Probably smaller than JJ Pierce. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and it, it the funny thing is, if you travel to like Dayton or Columbus, which are the big cities around it, mm-hmm. and say you go to Cedarville, they'd be like, "What? Yeah, I, what? I've never heard of that." Yeah, so, yeah. It's literally like cornfield, 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 Cedarville, cornfield, cornfield, cornfield. But you fell in love. It is. Um, in that Baptist non-denominational tradition. And so Mm -hmm. a lot of the professors uh, came from Dallas Seminary. So Mm -hmm. when I got to Cedarville, I ended up becoming a Bible theology major. And just there were so many steps along the way that people started introducing me to. Like um, by my sophomore year, a professor said, you should take Greek. I'm like, Mm. sure. Okay. So I started doing that. And then later on, someone said, I think you should think about seminary. I don't know if I even knew what seminary was. I definitely didn't. I probably didn't think that women went. I mm-hmm. just didn't know. Mm-hmm. So by the time I started researching it, all the people that had been really strong influencers in my life had gone to DTS. Mm-hmm. And so wow. I kind of say, like, I didn't really do my homework. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I probably should have visited more schools. I was yeah. like, DTS probably starting for really, them. <laughs> your freshman year in college, you really should have been researching where you were going to get lost, your master's. I lost that, I guess. So I was like, well, it's good enough for them. And. Um, so that's how at 22, I ended up moving all my stuff, which was not much in my little grand am and moved it here to Dallas. Oh my goodness. How did your parents feel about that? You know, I think they thought I was a little bit crazy for doing it. I I was definitely naive and thinking it would be an easy transition. Uh, I loved college and really thrived there and just knew so many people and I thought, oh, it's going to be the same when I get to mm-hmm. Dallas. So I'm just going to have my people and mm-hmm. I'm going to get to seminary and it's going to be like living on campus. And But it's so different doing your master's degree. Oh, yeah. And, and that's have... something no one told me. Yeah. I kind of tell people now if they ever go to grad school, I'm like, don't expect it to be like undergrad. Yeah. You know? It's not like, socially fun. No, it's not. I mean, everyone's working and you're mm-hmm. busy and you're, you know, I You've was got people from like and... such a broad range yes. of life circumstances. Now, yes. now, what's funny is I would never have pegged you as a Bible school girl because as a fellow DTS grad, I always felt that there was like a T-chart of the state school <laughs> versus Bible college people. Oh. And I was... So I passed? Like, I, I didn't... I, I, you would have passed as a... Sta- you would have passed as a state school girl with me. Uh-huh. <laughs> Nothing against That's hilarious the Bible college because people. whenever my husband talks with me, he went to the University of Texas at Arlington. Uh-huh. So whenever I like tell him college stories, he's like, "What? I don't like, yeah, didn't you're... didn't yeah. you have curfew too?" He's like, "What? Like, didn't were you have to check out to go home on the weekends? Were you allowed to wear what things like, other than skirts? Were there no dances? <laughs> what? And I'm like, oh, yeah, never mind." <laughs> Totally no, no. different college like, If you started talking like that, I would be like, no, that wasn't like Louisiana Tech. <laughs> that was... I would be like, you didn't walk through a dorm and smell suspicious things <laughs> as you were walking to your room? That was not your college experience? Oh, my goodness. It was a very innocent time. Oh, that's oh, sweet, yeah. It's no, funny. But, but, but I'm just saying... So I want my kids yeah. to go to Cedarville. Well, yeah, the funny thing is, when you think about it later, you're like, how did I do that? But... If you're a sweet 18-year-old... Now, it just depends on the person. My sister is very independently minded and was like, hell no, I'm mm-hmm. not going to a school like mm-hmm. that. She's, you know, and I was I like, even I love rules. Like that. I love no. rules. So I was like, sure. Check my room twice a week, which they did. And if your wastebasket was like overflowing, you got demerits for that. You had to go to chapel every day. Oh, I would I not mean, have thrived there. I was just like, sure. 
Just now, I may have made better than a point nine <laughs> my freshman year there, but oh. I would not have thrived. Born playoff would it, not have been. No, no, that would not have been. <laughs> I was with a girl when she got a tattoo that said born playa. That was my people in college. <laughs> and um, I sometimes call her born playa just born because, playa. because if so you have a friend that's getting that tattooed, on yeah. the bosom. Yeah. <laughs> you're born playa too. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Just by association. <laughs> you're born playa. So by you were a very good, innocent. Kristen Pool ain't no born yeah. playa. No, you were I, not with anybody getting tattoos. I've always <laughs> I've always been very straight laced. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's the oldest of four children in me, a little bit. My mom's super straight laced and mm -hmm. I'm really close with her. I don't know. I just yeah, I so I just so need a little did, dose of you and distribute it among my children. I, you know, I make uh, fun of you with the born playa. I may have never told you the story about when I tried to get my belly button pierced in college at Bears Tattooed In, which was in someone's garage. I'm mostly distracted by the tried to. <laughs> well, and this was a different time. I was a different person, but. Uh, we had gone to Monroe, which is um, like thirty minutes e or yeah, thirty minutes east of Ruston, where I went, where I went went to college, and that's where you went out because these Ruston, are all like little back country Ruston was Louisiana place. Ruston is, I mean, Monroe is pretty, you know, Monroe is a thriving metropolitan big city. Yeah, I don't yeah. even know if I've ever heard of Monroe. <laughs> are you serious? Yeah, it's the sixth largest are these places city in where you, Louisiana. Are these places? <laughs> How could you not have heard of the, the sixth largest city in Louisiana? <laughs> I am so embarrassed that I didn't know. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> I didn't know. That means you'd have to know the six top cities in each of the states. So you have to know three hundred cities. I can name Bossier City because <laughs> my right. friend Jess is from there. I think that actually might be the sixth and. Monroe might be the fifth, but still, it's a large community in uh -huh. Louisiana. Not really, but kind of. Anyway, we had gone to go out. It was a Thursday night. I was going to get a, a belly button ring before I went out, but then I found out you couldn't drink for 24 hours if you got a belly button piercing because you might bleed out. I think that's unlikely. I, I feel oh. like that is probably <laughs> not true, but maybe it was God's way of having you believe Maybe, but I, I was like, yeah, I don't want to do that. I'll just do it another time. And then I just never did. <laughs> and hopefully, if you and had, I, you would have chosen not someone's garage. I, I hope so. would have been the better choice. The I better hope choice. that the background of the um, of the uh, up and down garage is not in here, but I'm pretty sure it is. And I'm also hoping that I kind of want my um, seven-year-old to bust in here and tell oh, me about we'll you. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. okay. So that, that'll, that'll be the sweetest really edit sweet. alert ever. Yes, if he does it. He can we'll bust see. in here. Well, let's just keep going with you. Um, and by you, I mean Mrs. Mrs. Poole. Oh, wow. Um, so you, you kind of shared with us how you came, or you did share with us how you came to know Jesus personally. Um, so the next question we've got is, how do you think God has uniquely gifted you? Yeah, well, it's funny because early on, um, I I just feel like I rose to leadership opportunities all around me. Um, I was, I especially being the oldest child, was always telling everyone what to do, mm -hmm. and was always kind of teaching and, um, and so when I became a Christian, that kind of, you know, turned to. I want to help people grow spiritually. I want to mm -hmm. help them know about the Bible. I want to lead small groups. And so I actually had a really unique experience in high school where I was in a small group girls Bible study that met weekly. And 
we had adult leaders, but they would often give me the opportunity just to like lead the group or teach mm-hmm. or something like that, which was really mm-hmm. cool as like a 16 year old who really didn't, you know, didn't know that much. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I had my I Kissed Dating Goodbye Bible study. <laughs> of course you did. I, I had that one too. Um, <laughs> of course, I'd never kissed it hello, so I didn't really like, <laughs> connect with the book. I was like, I just want someone to like me. Um, but so that was kind of early on. And then when I got to Cedarville, I, I thought I wanted to do communications and go into public relations. Mm-hmm. And so I started out as a communication arts major and then part of being at Cedarville was that you got a bible minor mm-hmm. so I show up this was the happened to be the first class I ever took in college Monday morning 8 a.m and I'm in this class and all of a sudden I'm hearing terms like soteriology and mm-hmm. eschatology and I'm learning about theology for the very first time mm-hmm. and I'm just like enamored with it mm-hmm. and falling in love with it and so um, God kind of took that passion for like leading and teaching and kind of turned me away from just generally that way, but just turned me toward like Bible and scripture and theology. And by the end of my freshman year, I went home to my dad, who is an accountant. He's mm-hmm. like very logic minded. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so I want to be a Bible major. Now, and my parents were gracious enough. They were paying for my education. Mm-hmm. They were like, What? Like, what are you going to do? With is that? that a thing? You know? And I'm like, I, I know. Yeah, it is. And I'm, how I convinced them that I could do that. I don't mm-hmm. know. That was totally the Lord. But, um, I came back and ended up being a Bible major. And so, um, I just feel like he's given me not only gifts in that, but just like a lot of background knowledge and education mm-hmm. that I just, I'm really in awe of, um, because I think it, very few women have had the chance. I mean, very few people have had the chance to, to do, um, a bachelor's degree in Bible and then just do a master's degree. Mm-hmm. And so I, it definitely impresses on me, like a need to be faithful to use what I've been, mm-hmm. what I've been taught. Mm-hmm. And how, I feel like this is kind of a dumb question since I know what you do for a living, <laughs> but it's one of the ones, um, how do you use your gifts in your life now with your career? Yeah. Um, so I, I, when I saw that question, it made me laugh, and you'll love this story. So Andrew and I, you know, I, I moved here, 22, single. I was single all through seminary, graduated in 2013. And when I was in seminary, I kept saying, well, maybe when I graduate, I'll try, like, online dating or something. Mm-hmm. But I always had the excuse of, no, I'm, I'm in school. I'm in mm-hmm, school. Mm-hmm. And so finally when I finished, I was like, all right, maybe I should, maybe I should try it out. Mm-hmm. So ended up going on Match.com and Andrew and I met that way. And so we met in March uh, four years ago. Four, yeah, 2014. And we went on a first date, and it just was awesome. Like, connected super well. Mm-hmm. thought it was great. Did you have, like, um, a moment where you said, I just feel like we're kindred spirits. You know, not quite. <laughs> not quite. But you I definitely, like, it? internally went over the, like, over the top. So, like, you went home, and you were writing your oh married Oh, my name. gosh. I mean, you I was just like, it. this is just, ah. Oh. You know, just, like, raving about him, and this was just the most amazing date ever. And so, but because of that, I got all worked up. And he had a great time too. And so he's like, let's see each other this week. So we decided to try the midweek date. 
which just ended up to be really disastrous. But I had worked myself up so much. And so I've been texting him quite a bit and we've been, and then, so we decided we were going to go to Ikea mm. for our second date. <laughs> no, the also the site of the one and only near panic attack I've ever had. Okay. Because you can't escape. That, oh. Ikea. I never thought about that. You can't escape. So yeah. if it would have been a bad date, it'd be real awkward trying to find the exit that because it be. takes forever. Well, and it was super awkward because it was a Wednesday night. And the reason, you know, he was being very practically minded. He's like, I need a new chair. Let's mm. go to Ikea. It, so, it okay. feels like a Wednesday date also. It does. Yeah. <laughs> so then, you know, he said, well, why don't we eat there? And so we like we sat and Swedish ate like meatballs. chicken fingers and Swedish meatballs <laughs> like as the only two people in the cafeteria. And, you know, it was just... But to back up, we've been texting and I had just been like telling all my friends, oh my gosh, I met this guy. He's great. He's such a great listener and so sweet. And... Just really like him a lot and so smart so and really built up. Um, yeah, and then I started reading some articles that said like you don't want to text too much too soon. Texting can lead to false intimacy, mm. and so I forwarded him these articles the day of our date and was like, we need to stop texting so much. I don't want us to create false intimacy. So he's driving to pick me up for our second date, and he's like, oh, I guess she doesn't like me. Like, why would she say we don't need to text? And so he's kind of feeling like I'm sending completely opposite signals than uh-huh. the few days before, uh-huh. which I get now. I think and it's hilarious <laughs> that you forwarded those articles. Yes, <laughs> yes. Like, this is what we should do. This is appropriate. So his... I've been thinking about you so much... That we should stop. That, that I'm going to send you these articles about why... I shouldn't be thinking about you to show you right. that I'm not Right, because, you know, I just wanted to be prudent. Uh, so we get so we get to the date, and he his default, like, when he's anxious and nervous, is to just, like, shut down mm-hmm. and be real quiet, and mm-hmm. I'm just the opposite. So Withdrawer versus pursuer, we call that in mental health. So, yes, so we're, we're clearly both nervous because mm-hmm. I've set us up for this Awkwardness, and then we're exhausted because we've been working, and it's IKEA, and then we're the only two people, like in the cafeteria, and so the reason I'm telling you this is to get to the whole career thing because he's like barely answering questions. Like I'm asking, it's like an interview almost, <laughs> and like we'd had all this camaraderie in the first date, and the second. I mean, this was just it was so bad, and I'm just like, ah! you know, like blabbing a million miles a minute because I'm so nervous and he's not saying anything and of course I'm coming off of a, a DTS degree and he had not gone to seminary so he was feeling intimidated already mm-hmm. like I didn't know this at the time but he was feeling like oh you know maybe I yeah what was the word enough. you said earlier that like that you were getting excited in college about words like oh yeah like Eschatology, yeah, those words. Justification. Don't, don't, yeah, don't throw those around if you're not trying to intimidate right, a guy. Right, right. So, so I, so this is what I think is like a really engaging question. I'm like, so Andrew, do you consider your job uh, your primary ministry? No, and he's he's a teacher. Uh, he teaches tenth grade history, and he was like, uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess, yeah. And so he's like internally, he's like. I just felt so judged, like <laughs> primary ministry, like what am I not doing enough? Like how many ministries do I need? 
And I primary like, indicates that there's more than one. <laughs> and here I am thinking, like, I'm just such a good question asker on dates, and I'm just like, really like, getting to know him, and he's, and he's just like, just loving this is the worst woman I've ever been on a date with. Like, so anyway, we laugh about that a lot now. We're like, what's your primary ministry? Um, so, that is a question that didn't get asked. <laughs> By Kyle Denny or Jessica Denny on their first date. I don't think anyone's ever asked me that. I would be like, yes. No. John 360. Yeah. Yeah. That's an easy mm-hmm. answer. Yeah. Jesus. He's like, sure. Yes. So um, so my primary ministry is at, at oh, that's, That was like that's an edible alert. That was you like fit you, right in. You fit right in. That was all just to get. But it's so good. It was a good story. It's it so good worth story. the primary yeah, ministry. So to get to your primary so ministry. So my primary ministry at DBC. And then now my new primary ministry is having a seven-month-old son. Yes. And kind of learning about I cannot about believe he that. is seven months old already. Yes. My goodness. He is huge. People mistake him for like a one-year-old because <laughs> he's large. Uh, he is precious and sweet, and I love him. And um, the we're I'm super blessed because Andrew's stepmom has a daycare in her home and oh, watches wow. him Monday through Thursday. Oh, cool! And she might be a little partial to him. Oh my goodness! It's funny because he's like sometimes in the daycare with the other kids, but most of the time just like hanging off of her. But really, like I just I, as I was answering these questions, I wrote down some notes, and I was like, I want to do a shout out to Andrew and Bren because the fact that I get to do full time ministry uh, and get to be a mom is because of so many people assisting and helping and Andrew and I very much like partner in everything and with his schedule teaching high school, um, he's able to get out a little bit earlier than I am. And he actually takes Auburn to daycare and and back Mm -hmm. and, um, and just having family watch him. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just incredible. Yes. Yeah. Circumstances. So we're just, and I'm really thankful for the season Mm -hmm. that we're in. So we're just learning, you know, he's a super easy baby, Mm. but he's starting to get a lot more, you know, human-like and interactive mm-hmm. and have his own will and so I'm like okay I think I've kind of waited out like the easy set season with him because mm-hmm. he's a good eater a good sleeper he's happy all the time mm-hmm. but now like I'm like okay I can kind of see starting we're, to develop we'll some, to start some discipline we're not time as human mm-hmm. exactly exactly it is amazing when you start seeing that human nature emerge just like oh no one taught you no no you're right. not here yet but Nobody taught you to grab the remote control and run the other way. Yeah. But that's what you do every time Wow. you see the remote control and no, I don't want you to have it. Yeah. No yeah. one taught you to go get my LaCroix and dump it all over yourself. But that's what you do every time I leave it where you can get it. Wow. For those of you that don't know, I have a 17-month-old. That I think Auburn Mike could bench press. Wow. Yes. I had Okay. I haven't seen away. him in a while. I don't. I know exactly how much he weighs. He's I just your fourth child. No one expects you to know how much he weighs. Only Kristen Poole, who had won an out of your primary one. ministry, is on the first That's day. right. And was okay well, with a curfew in college yeah. and room checks. Uh, Let me just tell you, I would have been kicked out of any college had there been room checks back in the day. <laughs> it wouldn't have mattered where you <laughs> it were. It wouldn't have mattered. I was at state schools and I probably would have been asked to kindly hey, depart. Side note, I just read an article on Billy Graham where he got so many demerits at his Christian school. He, he was within one demerit of getting kicked out. Oh, things that's like you're awesome. talking about. 
That he wanted to change the world, Laura. So That's basically, right. I am Billy Graham. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I think the takeaway <laughs> is from yes. the podcast. Yes. yes. Well, Kristen, this is this is a great uh, question for anybody, but I think it's particularly interesting for you yes. because you are kind of launching into a new full-time mm-hmm. ministry at DBC. Mm-hmm. You've been full-time, but like the, a new direction where you sure. get to devote all of your energy towards women's ministry. So we want to ask you, what's your big ask prayer? What, what, do, you, what do you want to see God do in the coming years with you mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. with your ministry? Yeah. Well, that's a great question. Um, I would say, you know, that Aaron and I just wrote up a job description for me. And really, we just talked about being able to deploy women uh, to know how they're gifted and what, and to be able to have the confidence to use those gifts. Um, so really, you guys are doing me a great favor. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're freeing up my time so I can <laughs> just listen to this podcast. <laughs> uh, but no, like, this is exactly kind of the heart of what... I want to do is to get to hear um, women's stories, where they're coming from, and and how they feel like they want to be used in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And it's an interesting time in our church, just being like on a, you know, our we're about to hit thirty years. Mm-hmm. Actually, next March is our thirtieth anniversary. Oh, wow. But twenty seven years under. Uh, mostly under um, one lead pastor, and now with a different set of leadership, it's we're kind of getting to reinvent that, some things. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I love, too, is that I'm really excited to kind of be on, in on the ground floor. Um, and I feel like our church staff is very pro-woman. Like, yes. they want women yes. to be a voice, and, like, they want to empower women to... Use their gifts. Use their gifts and to they, run they, programs. And they have gifts. And yeah, that's yes, right. They do. That's right. They, the, the church doesn't just need them because men aren't doing their jobs. Right. They, in fact, have gifts. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or to just do the child care. Exactly. That's right. That's right. To teach teddy bears and children. That's what I always say. That, that not, not that there's anything wrong with teaching children. I have spent many years in children's ministry. Yes. But. Yes. But that we have a host of things that we can offer. Yes. And I think that, I think we do. The, the, the movement I'm noticing so much lately is we don't have to, and I am not anti-man at all, but we don't have to wait for men to do it. Right. We can be yeah. learning and, and, and teaching and growing ourselves and saying things like the words that you were saying earlier, which I totally remember, <laughs> but choose not to repeat. Yes. And like that we can be theologians as well. Yes. And not wait yes. for men. And I've definitely right. been guilty of being like, oh, well, I feel like that's a man's job to mm-hmm. step into that role. And I've yeah. challenged myself lately about that. Well, and I've noticed too, like it takes confidence to step into those things. And for a long time, I've kind of shrunk back. I think just being afraid of mm-hmm. stepping into some of the leadership mm-hmm. things. And I don't know what it is about having Auburn. I don't know if that's changed it, but mm-hmm. like coming back off of maternity leave, I've just been like, you know, I'm kind of sick of being afraid of like, I don't know the answers to everything and mm-hmm. I, and shrinking back and just wanting to just kind of embrace mm-hmm. what I've been given mm-hmm. and who, who I am and to be able to be like, in the moment, I might not know and that's yeah. fine, you know, we'll figure that out. That is such a gift to um, give yourself to be able to say, I don't know. Yeah, I think I've been afraid of that and it, the other thing is our church, I mean, we just, we have so many well-educated professional people, so mm-hmm. many women who, with just incredible talents 
to really build up the body. So mm-hmm. it's funny because sometimes, like from the education that I've been given, sometimes I, I, you can expect to go be going into a church, and maybe there are churches like this where you're just having to like pour out everything and train everyone. Mm-hmm. But the beauty of being, I think, maybe in Dallas and being in North Dallas is we have so many people who are so spiritually mature who've mm-hmm. been walking with the Lord for so long. Like, uh, I have a teaching team for Bible study, and there's mm-hmm. seven people on that teaching team. So, I mean, just the wealth of mm-hmm. of leadership capability and mm-hmm. skills is, is immense. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to be a big piece of what I'm doing, um, which is kind of stepping back and trying to do more leader development mm-hmm. than necessarily, like, you know, starting everything myself mm-hmm. or having to do all the teaching or something. Mm-hmm. Um, because we've got amazing gifts. And you know, when you go to women's conferences and you talk to people and they're like, yeah, we have to do like Beth Moore studies and Priscilla Shire studies. And that's great. They're Mm -hmm. so gifted. But I'm like, I have seven like qualified women to teach. And I have more, Mm -hmm. you know, like Mm -hmm. I have people in the wings who can teach our women. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm like, that is, well, that's what, when I first did a Bible study at DVC, I was like, oh wait, the woman that wrote this Yes. Is here. Like she is here at this church because I was very new. Yes, exactly. That's, yeah, Mm -hmm. that's so neat. Our yeah, with I mean, Kay Daigle was formerly a women's minister, mm-hmm. and Kat Armstrong with all the things mm-hmm. that she's done, and we've just got a lot of people in seminary, out of seminary, just powerhouses. Um, yeah, exactly. Well, we um, love you. It was it was really weird to walk into church for those months that you were on maternity leave oh. to not see you welcoming and just greeting everybody. Oh I met you one of the first Sundays we were mm-hmm. ever there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just are blessed by you as women in the church mm-hmm. and thank you. can't wait to see you dive more into your primary ministry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's right. And, and I just, I want to thank you for being so open-handed with, with this idea and mm. being so willing. I'd like you, you have no idea like how great that made us feel mm-hmm. like when when we come to you with an idea that we just kind of like here let me grow this idea a little bit and you just put all of the enthusiasm in it and like yes I love it mm-hmm. it it gave me the energy and mm-hmm. courage to mm-hmm. to do it and then I had to talk my Enneagram 9 husband into you know like <laughs> yeah. a lot of work mm-hmm. He has been amazing. He has been amazing, but it is, it's one, but you know, I, I, but I, 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 uh, it doesn't take a lot to get me going, but I'm like, it really did. And it, it just made me feel so great because Mm -hmm. I felt like you were such a cheerleader for this project and, uh, uh, we just, we just really appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks. I, I love being a cheerleader, although I would be a terrible one if I was an actual cheerleader. <laughs> You'd be You're like kind of the, Mary, the coordination in the gymnasium. Mary, Mary Catherine Gallagher level cheerleader. Yeah. Yes, but like I could that do all the me. cheers, but just like not the, you know, not the flips. Uh, yeah, the no. Well, thank you yeah. for being our yes, guest. Thank I you, hope Kristen. you'll come back and visit us soon. Uh, yes, yes love I would love to. It'd be great. All right, thank you. Thanks. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Lori, you're as good at goodbyes as you are as a love. <laughs> we'll see you next time.